But for a second, I was like, I'm set. I'm on two TV shows. I have a fiance. Let's go. And then the world was like, "Mm -mm -mm." so I've been going through a lot. And it's at times has been scary because you you played by all the rules and it still didn't work. And in my sports brain, I'm like, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. But you have to real. I've also realized how things aren't fair. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. Excited to have you here. We have such a good show for you today. We have on a returning guest this week, one of my favorites. You may know her from Bravo TV's Summer House, her podcasts, Burning in Hell and Giggly Squad, or just from her hilarious memes and tweets on Instagram. Guys, Hannah Burner is in the building. You may love her. You may hate her. I mean, she kind of became this like divisive character on her last season of Summer House. But I can tell you right now that I am a huge Hannah Burner fan. She's a girl after my own heart. I mean, we love a fart joke. We have very similar tastes and humor. And she just freaking cracks me up. So I caught up with her after her latest stand-up show in Nashville. And we talk about what it's like going through some major life changes. We talk about the fallout from Summer House and what it's like kind of going through the ringer online. We also talk about pivoting in her career, going from single to engaged in six months, turning 30. I mean, that's a lot for anyone. And our girl has some insights on the other side. We also talk about insecurities, Instagram, ego, and just walking through tough times because that's the cool thing about going through some hard shit. You learn so much and evolve as a human on the other side. And I just loved having Hannah on the show to talk through some of this like real life shit. Oh, and obviously, we're also going to talk about her whirlwind romance, advice she'd give single Hannah, wedding planning, and all that fun stuff too. So get comfy. It is a really fun episode. And we will be right back with our girl, Hannah Burner. I love that we're going to chat a little bit about Hannah's upcoming wedding today because I love giving unsolicited wedding advice. And one of my biggest tips I give any bride-to-be is to use BrideBright to get your brightest, whitest smile for the big day. Hell, I tell everyone to try BrideBright, even if you're not getting ready for a wedding, because it really is the best way to get gorgeous, pearly whites. All you need is 10 minutes a day for 10 days to transform your entire smile. I've tried a lot of teeth whitening products in my day. And the thing that I think sets Bride Bright apart is that you can paint on the whitening product with their whitening pens. So you get the full surface area of your teeth. With whitening strips, like since they lay across your teeth, I've noticed I sometimes get like those yellow spots in between teeth since the product is not really getting to it. So 
Bride Bright solves that issue. There's no yellow spots or gaps. You paint it right on. And some whitening products can also make your gums burn. Like, ugh, it's the worst. So I love that Bride Bright comes with a sensitivity gel that helps protect against any sensitivity you may experience whatsoever. So smile big and check out Bride Bright on Instagram at Bride Bright. The Bright is spelled B-R-I-T-E. And purchase all of your teeth whitening needs today at www.bridebright.co. That's B-R-I-D-E. B-R-I-T-E dot C-O and use code BIGKID for free shipping and 40% off. Yes, that's 40% off, which is a huge savings. You may even want to buy the couples bundle at that price so you can get more than one. You get one for yourself, one for a gift. That's 40% off with code BIGKID. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm sitting here with a second time guest, my girl, Hannah Burner, in the house. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I can't believe we're both in Nash City. Wait, people don't call it that. What are they (laughs) (laughs) Nash Nash Vegas. Nash Vegas. But did you notice that your... The crowd got mad. Yeah, the crowd's like, um, no. I did a show last night. I said, what's up, Nash Vegas? And they were like, don't ever say that again. I'm like, I'm sorry. Go Titans. (laughs) Please come back. Yeah. Um, I guess like other people call it Nash Vegas. But if you live here, you're like, we don't want that. But then the people who live here were like, we're not even from here. We're from Chicago and LA. And then someone's like, no, we are from here. And I'm like, let's not riot. I just want to have a (laughs) peaceful comedy show. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of, your show was so great last night. Thank you for coming. It meant the world to me. Oh my God. It was so fun to see. And like, it's so crazy. Like, I was so impressed that you could just even memorize (laughs) shit for an hour. Like, your set was long. And I was like, I like I can't remember things like I can't remember my order when I get to like a drive through. <laughs> you know? I actually have the memory of a goldfish. I think I have ADD and I forget things very easily, but it, it's kind of like a song. Like you know how you can rap a song from 2005 just like easily. Yes. <laughs> it becomes like a story that you're just telling and I've been you do it every night and then you extend and it's I never thought I'd be able to memorize something. But um, the energy from the crowd and like the beats and the rhythm, it becomes more like a music experience almost. That's so wild. Yeah. That's so wild. I mean, very impressed. Very impressed. And it's so funny because I was thinking back to the last time we had you on this show. And our whole episode was about course correction, which guys, if you haven't listened to this episode, go back. It's like one of my favorites. I'll link it in show notes. But basically like these times in life where you're going down one path and then you like switch up, do a 180 and change your course, which you've experienced before. And I feel like you just did it again. It's wild because I did talk to an astrologer and she was like, oh yeah, she said something about Saturn return or something, but she was like, the universe is blowing your shit up right now. And I'm like, why? I just want (laughs) peace and harmony. But my... The universe basically told me you're done with whatever's happening right now. And in a matter of a couple months, like my shit got, you could either say it got rocked or like it was a blessing and a course correction, but shit drastically changed for me. Dude, we, I mean, we have to talk about it. Yeah. We have to get into it because it's not an easy thing. I mean, I think anytime like you go through any change in life, mm-hmm. it's fucking hard and it can be scary. And it wasn't necessarily like something I planned. Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, um, let's go back like Mm -hmm. two years. I mean, you were on Summer House Mm -hmm. on Bravo, you know, single, 
dating it up, mm-hmm. living it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're off <laughs> to our house, engaged, uh, headlining a comedy tour. Like those are two Not, totally different I things. I can't tell you the last time I partied. Really? I mean, sometimes on the road, I'll like go out after, but like nothing... I haven't black. I can't remember the last time I blacked out. Maybe it's because I blacked out. But anyway, <laughs> I don't. I'm actually. I have evolved over the last couple of years, and that's why I think these reality TV shows are convenient for like when you're in a certain period of your life. But like, think of you when you're 30 versus you when you're thir- 26. Totally I know it's, different people. It's just four years, but like so much change. And also with the pandemic, I feel like I spent a lot of time with my parents and I was in a really like safe space and I was feeling really happy and connected to myself. So when I got to filming Summer House that final season, a lot of stuff to me just felt like I didn't enjoy my time as much. I didn't feel like I was in the same place emotionally and I didn't have the same tolerance for like the way people were treating me in the past. Mm. And I decided to like stand up for myself in certain ways. But when you're not like the quiet, just like pretty girl a lot of the time in the media and you like stand up for yourself or you get angry or you get emotional, it's very easy to just kind of be the crazy bitch. And I had two amazing seasons on Summer House. That's the hard thing too. Like a lot of the time, like you, you, everyone has characters and they stick to it. I never anticipated for my like character to kind of change. Yeah. Like I was kind of like, I guess, relatable and like likable, whatever. And then my last season, like was just like a really fucked up season. Um, and I took it really as a message of like, you don't belong here anymore. Yeah. And that's was okay. It, while you were filming, did you know like, this is not going the way that the last two seasons went? Or like... I knew that people were like accusing me of more things. But I also knew that like, the stuff wasn't true. So I was like, okay, I'm just defending myself. And I knew I was in way more drama. But I remember telling Paige, like, okay, I had like four big fights in seven weeks. Which if you think about it, locked in a house with people who are drunk and angry is not that much. But I was like, (laughs) they can't make me look bad in all four fights. Like, I'm not blatantly wrong in all four fights. Yeah. And um, I remember at the end, I during it, I was dealing with a lot of depression. I like was it's having trouble in the middle out. of 2020. Like you guys shot that summer. It which was just a rough fucking summer. We for were like everyone. locked in the house. We were like also wanted to do a good TV show. But I remember just like having trouble getting out of bed. Cause like whenever you go out of bed and you have to deal with like intense social situations, like that was kind of my nightmare. I do deal with social anxiety. And I felt like people weren't, people didn't want to understand me. So when you're surrounded with just people who are like, assuming things about you or like talking behind your back, you get really scared. And then I was, I was talking to Des on the phone at night because I just met this new guy. And I was feeling like confidence from him that like I can stand up and be myself. I just remember at the end being like, it was an intense season, but like it was during the pandemic. I stood up for myself a lot. I felt like a strong woman. I hate saying strong woman because I feel like people don't say strong man, but I really was like, I'm a feminist icon. <laughs> And then the show started airing and I was, I didn't recognize (sighs) the situation at all. The way it was played out, I didn't recognize it at all. And then by the end, I had to stop watching. Really? Did you, did you not watch like certain episodes? I, certain episodes I'd watch, I'd have a panic attack after. (sighs) I was, certain things like, they, they like brought flashbacks of my dad from like two seasons ago that like wasn't the, like, I just started sobbing. I was like, keep my dad out of it. Because I never said anything 
Yeah. Like they tried to make it like I, my dad yelled at me and stuff when I, actually that wasn't it at all. My dad never yelled at me. Yeah. We just had like an intense relationship that he was my coach and like I wanted to make him happy through winning, whatever. But they like took little things like, oh, she just has daddy issues and she's crazy when it's like, no, I was dealing with a, a lot of specific like insults and accusations by like specific people. It's not about my dad. Yeah. And I love my dad so much. And like my dad's a human that like didn't, that like went out of his way to film a show two years ago. And then you're like putting cuts. I was like, I just, that's when I really broke, I think. Uh, And then, yeah, it's just, you start realizing like, this is entertainment. I don't need to watch. I mean, I have to watch to know what they're showing. And like what I'm in store for. Well, also, because like in interviews, I need to know what they showed because I can't say off the cuff, like what happened. Mm -hmm. So it became like just something I had to disconnect from. But there were like two kinds of responses. There were like people being like, hey, we see like this, we see what's happening. Like, we love you so much. We support you. We're proud of you for standing up for yourself. We see through all this. Yeah. And then there's the people who are just like, you went crazy. You should get therapy. <sighs> like, first of all, I am in therapy. Second of all, like, who wouldn't go crazy if you felt like a house was turning on you and you're locked in the house? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's like my actual nightmare, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. It's just crazy because I feel like, and this isn't the first time I've seen this happen either with reality shows. Um, I've had a couple friends go through it where I'm like watching and I'm like, whoa, like the way that they're able to twist this. Well, yeah. Also what I'm saying is not a crazy thing. We were talking about it yesterday. Like if anyone listening, if you got asked to do a reality TV show, the first thing you think of is, oh my God, how are they going to make me look? But then when you're in it, no one assumes that like, they're making you look a type of way. But realistically, if enough people are going to talk bad and confessionals about you, it's very easy to fill it in. And I realized like there was a point during the pandemic where the group, we weren't hanging out. And it was a lot of just virtual like, oh, I heard Hannah and Paige talking about this. Or I heard Hannah on this podcast or that podcast. When realistically, like I'm promoting the show and I wasn't talking fucked up about anyone. You would have seen a headline if I said like an accusation or something horrible. Yeah. I'm just talking about the show and loving being on the show and promoting the show. So I do think there was a lot of like inner turmoil that people were dealing with that wasn't communicated properly. But also like, yeah, I had to publicly go through like a breakup with a friend group. And I feel like so many people have gone through that. And I really think that I was in a different place and I didn't feel comfortable or safe in that friend group anymore. That's actually that's actually very, very true. I've been through that. You know, you just kind of like grow. Friendships can kind of grow apart. I've had it happen with a lot of partying groups. Yeah. I mean, that's something that happens when you get older. It's like, I kind of feel the same way you do. You're like, I haven't like really partied that hard recently. I'm like, I'm thinking back. I'm like, when the fuck? <laughs> I know you're right. Like, Like, are you? Also, we're in a similar place, which I love talking to you on big kid problems because like we are just big kids who like we ended up finding these guys. I mean, I never thought about marriage. Like even when he was like, I want to marry you. I was like, fuck, I haven't even thought about like what kind of ring I'd ever want. Like I've never been with a guy who I thought I would marry. And not like guys I did in the past were so fucked up, but I just didn't feel that safeness or like this is yeah. it at all. And my parents, they got engaged after four months. So in the back of my head, I always had this feeling that like, if it lasted like six months and I didn't feel it, I was like, we're not getting engaged. <laughs> like I really thought it was going to be this instant crazy attraction. And that is what happened with Des. And I think when he's sober. Yeah. And like when, when you're not partying with people all the time, it's very easy for them to be like, you're not our friend. And I'm like, no, I just don't want to black out all the time. Yeah. 
that's like a, I mean, it's a huge thing, but I think it's, it's, it's a good thing <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I, I realized that in even like the last like few years since, since leaving New York, really like walking away from that, I just was partying way less. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, New York is just, it's very easy to like, so easy. it's so easy. Every like, night it's on. Yeah. And then walking away from that and like being not sober, but like partying way, way less. Like every time I would go back, I'd be like, whoa, yeah. Were we part when I would see like my old friends like partying the way that they were? I'm like, was I doing that? Like, were we doing this all the time? Like, this is wild. Well, when you're stuck in the house and there's that group mentality, if you're not following the like leader of the group, it's very easy for people to get mad at you. And like, I'm not a follower in any sense of the word. And that's what gets me in trouble sometimes. But like, there was a routine that people wanted you to do. If you're not partying at night with them, they'd get really mad. And I was like, I'm tired. We've been in this house for five weeks. I'm tired. And it did cause a lot of tension. Besides just me not taking out the trash. <laughs> Which was a volunteer job. I wasn't on payroll. Yeah. There were 10 people. Like it was like, Also, I tried to be like a feminist icon again. By being by the taking trash out the trash. Her. And then I realized like 20 bottles of rosé is so heavy. And you had to take it down like three flights of stairs. And at some point I just was like, I can't do it. So That was ambitious of you. Yeah. When I saw that on the show. I, I like, kind of <laughs> knew I'd get in trouble. <laughs> But I just didn't think it would be as bad as it was. It's a learning lesson. Like, yeah. take that like in your into your marriage. I just needed a partner. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I'll like not take the trash out and Des will be like, Kyle was right. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm like, it's too heavy. I've like established some very firm chores that I will not do. Yeah. I recommend this to anyone yeah. going into a relationship. Yeah. Like, you just gotta, you gotta cut it out There's this hilarious meme that's like a girl lying down. You see the spirit of her coming out and it goes, the feminist leaving my body when I have to take out the trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just like, help me. I just knew that I, there'd be some drama with it. So I thought it was fun to be like, oh, I'll volunteer to be the trash girl. But the house was actually an upside down house. So the kitchen was on top and f- three flights. Who the fuck designed that house? For someone who has great calves. But there was four, three flights down was the basement where Paige and I were. So for me to even see the trash, I had to go up to the kitchen and then to take it out, you have to take it all the way down and then down a bunch. Like, I don't mean to get into details of it, but like, I was like, Kyle, I need help. Like, this isn't like easy. That's a recipe for disaster. It's not like you just put it down a chute. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I knew it was a recipe for disaster and that's what makes Summer House so fun. It's like full disaster, but when it got too far, it went too far. Yeah, definitely went too far. I mean, what was crazy for me is that because like knowing you got like knowing a bunch of you guys and like just seeing online like the shit that people say to you is like, I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Like you you are saying this to a person that's going to read it. And I don't understand how people People online, really forget that you're human, even to the point that they'll like, people would make like crazy accusations on my page or just say like really hurtful things about like my relationship or like my family. And I would delete it because it's like, this is my page. And then people would be like, she's deleting comments. And I'm like, guys, this isn't your page. Yeah. This is like you coming into my house with muddy shoes and wrecking it and then yeah. getting mad that I tried to clean it up. And a lot of people would like not put their comments on. I see this happen with a lot of reality TV people. And I've gotten hate before in reality TV, but there was a different sense of like a movement against me that was really scary that I hope no one has to go through. Yeah. Where it was like, Let's take down this girl who everyone loved last season. It was it was weird. Like it was like hard to see. Like and and I can't imagine 
going through that. Because I'm, I don't know how you are, but like me, when someone gives me the slightest bit of criticism, like mm-hmm. I take that shit so personally. Like I can get like a, a, a lot of like nice comments. Yeah. And it's the one that is like, it was stupid that I'm like... Well, it's funny. If you get those one-off comments, it's so easy in your head to be like, okay, they have their own problems they're projecting onto me. Yeah. But when it becomes thousands, Ugh. you go, am I the problem? Like they hate me. And like, it's so easy to, your self-esteem start to go down. You start hating yourself. And that's when like, you have to dig deep. And that's what I'm working on now is to be like, okay, Samantha Missouri thinks I'm a cunt because <laughs> of what she saw on TV. But like, my cat loves me. My mom loves me. My other friends love me. And you have to like, come to this center. But then also I'm a comedian where like, obviously I want people to want to see my shit. But what's funny is with comedy, it doesn't happen that often, but when people are like, this is not for me, I don't like it. I'm like, I respect that. It's fine. Because I know the people who do and I know that they saw me for me. Like, come and see me for me and have opinions and that's fine. I mean, it's mean, but it's fine. But like when people watch you on a reality TV show, it's like, guys, this is your entertainment. Yeah. And like, I didn't sign up for the role that I got cast. Yeah. And you can you can choose to like follow my shit or not. Exactly. You don't have to like shit in my house. Exactly. <laughs> and once actually Teresa Judice's lawyer, who I know a couple years ago when I first started, he was like, the one piece of advice I give to you is have either people love you or hate you. And it got to the point where my second season, I got pretty popular where I was almost like people were throwing around like, you're the star of the show. And I remember someone being like, you don't want to be the star of a reality TV show because you're like, you can only go downhill Mm. and like people care enough to take you down. And it's scary. And it's like, if I were to do it all over again, it sucks, but it's like, I'm proud of being myself and standing up for myself, but I would have just given less. I would have not cared to entertain. I would have just sat in the back and hoped for some funny confessionals. But like, it's very easy when you're in the moment to forget that. that yeah. That's a safer option. <laughs> that is that is true. Just to be like more. And that that's the problem is then if too many people are like that, then like it doesn't make a it show. good. You don't have and a show. unfortunately, last season, I was bringing a lot. <laughs> you were bringing the heat. That's I was bringing the sure. heat. But it's, it's funny too, because if you think of like how I was raised, like I was a former athlete that like was taught just to like work your butt off. So I'm very like goal oriented. Mm. Like I was like, if I'm gonna be locked in this house for six weeks, I'm gonna bring it. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be there for my friends. I'm gonna stand up for myself. I'm gonna be involved in everything because I have nothing else to do. Yeah. And then I'm like super coachable. Like I'm just taught to like trust my coaches be, and I'm such a people pleaser. I want people to be proud of me. And I'm kind of the perfect example of how to get fucked on reality TV. Dude, it's wild. Because I also trusted that like, I've had two great experiences. Why would I have a bad one? Yeah. That's, it's, it, the whole thing is is nuts. Um, and what's interesting too, but I think there's like some takeaways here because you experienced this like, ridicule on a on a very public platform. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, are going to get these like moments of like ridicule and shame, probably on a smaller scale. But like, I know I've had it. Like I've tweeted the wrong thing out before and had people call my job yeah. and be like, "You do you know what your, co- what your employee tweeted this week? And I'm like, 
fuck. You know, like th- th- this is just becoming like a more common occurrence mm-hmm. that I think people are like getting more publicly shamed. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have any advice for anyone out there? Well, who's it's getting interesting. Some heat? It tends to happen to people who have things that other people want. So it's like scary that like I got chat room, which was like the first ever female oriented talk show. We had this amazing female black showrunner. I was I was so proud that Bravo gave me this opportunity. And conveniently, while all the confessionals were being filmed, it was when I got the talk show. And unfortunately, like, I don't think it helped, like, how the group was treating me. And it kind of sucks, but it's like, it's gonna, it's, this is a society where we are, where like, because of the internet, people can like say tons of things about you and come for you in certain ways. But it's like, you just have to know that people, it's not black and white. People are not evil or good. Like we're all out here trying to be the best people we can be. Yeah. And we all make mistakes of certain kinds. Like, and I knew it was a risk going on reality TV, but it's like, be careful what you're posting online run stuff by people just because you think something is funny to you. It, it, you might not be educated to know how it could be offensive to someone else. And also just kind of like not putting your whole identity with who you are online, which is hard because that's where we make our money. Mm-hmm. But having some separation from the internet yeah. is really healthy. Because I think it happens when you get too immersed in it. And sometimes you get cocky because everyone's loving you so much where you're just like, this is amazing. But the people who love you like crazy too is also an extreme that you can't like live on that high because they don't know you either. Yeah. Like, you know the people who really know you. And um, that's it's, interesting. It's scary, but what's weird is, so I had to have this girl manage my Instagram because I also am getting inbound like work stuff. Like I can't just get off. It's like getting off your email for a month. You can't do that. Yeah. So I had someone, I couldn't be online. You realize like you get offline and everything's okay. The world around you is okay. It's just this virtual like bullshit that's bad things are happening and it does affect your real life stuff. But I was able to find some sanity getting offline and going to therapy about it. I mean, it caused me a lot of depression where like every day you wake up with a different scary thing happening online. Yeah. So you start waking up just being like, oh no, what's going to happen today? That's the worst feeling. And then once things start happening well, you still are like, but when is something bad going to happen? So you can't, we have to stop being so addicted to social media and it sucks, but like, you can't have all your happiness rely on it Mm -hmm. because that shit goes up and down real quick. Especially the better you're doing. Yeah. When we had that outage like recently. How incredible was that? That was like, I was like, why is my body lighter? (laughs) Like everything was just better. I said when Instagram was down, your mental health was up because also you knew that no one else was like doing stuff that you weren't doing. You you weren't missing anything. You weren't, there's no FOMO. Like, yeah, it was incredible. And I was talking to my friend, to Paige and she was like, it was amazing. Even though a lot of our livelihoods depend on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, please come back. (laughs) (laughs) Please come back. But like maybe another hour is fine. Yeah. But maybe do this like once a month. We talk about so much stuff when it comes to wellness, but we don't talk about social media breaks. Like, you know, when you're at brunch and your friend's on her phone, like, let's say your friend's jeweling. You might be like, don't jewel so much. Yeah. But you would never be like, don't go on Instagram so much. Yeah. And I think we have to consider that as strong... Like we should have, 
an amount of like screen time that you know, like you're in the danger zone. What's your screen time? Probably crazy, like <laughs> seven hours a day. Mine's like, around six. Yes, yeah, six or six. seven. But yeah. that's everyone who yeah. works online. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know what I feel like has made me a little bit better at this is... is Brandon, like my partner, is like a little bit more old school and he's not super into social media and he will like straight up call me out. Be like, we're at dinner. Like, put your phone down. I'm like, okay, you're right. You're right. And I feel like after years of that, I've like gotten better at like... What I do is I will leave it at home. Really? Because it's way harder to like be doing something and not check your phone even though you know that you're getting text messages. You know someone's emailing you. But I'll like... Let's say if I go golfing. Like, I'll, I'll leave it at home. Or like, I'll go to dinner with Des and I'll leave it at home. That's So impressive. I don't have an option. But that's that, impressive. No, that's because I don't have self-control. I need to physically have it in a different place. <laughs> um, but also there is that respect when you're with a friend or someone to be like, I'm fully in this moment and I'm not worried about the stuff online. Yeah, I think we all need to be a little bit better about that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's our, our brains are not meant to see the opinions of us by so many people. And they're also not meant to see what everyone's doing all the time. Yeah. Like humans' brains are not meant to know that all your friends are into Loom right now. Yeah. Like, like we we process so much more information yes. per day yes. than like our ancestors did in like a lifetime. And don't get me started about the comparison game that's happened in terms of like all the plastic surgery. Like I saw a tweet recently like, I love how me and you do live through memes and tweets. Do you understand? Other people go <laughs> I get be like, it. that's not a source. And I'm like, it is. Like, I don't get the news until it becomes memes. Right. I'm like, I'm like, Des, is there something going on with the Suez Canal? And he's like, that's been going on for two weeks. I'm like, well, now it's on Instagram. So <laughs> basically it was said like, don't compare yourself to someone who has $25,000 worth of surgery and filters over their face and FaceTime. Oh God. I mean, Facetune. Yeah. So it's like, how are you supposed to be happy with yourself when you're seeing that? I just have to say, I have to say this because this is just something I've noticed. I think living in LA and even in Nashville, I'm like surprised by how much work I'm seeing on people's faces. Yeah. Everybody looks the fucking same. Yep. Like you don't want to carbon copy your face yep. to like everybody else's face. Oh, I love that you said that. Also, I think you're stunning, so beautiful. And I've noticed <laughs> that like you still have your features that like no one has your features the way you have them. And I think that's why I think you're so pretty. Where like I see girls where I'm, they all start to look the same. And for example, I'm insecure about my ears. Like when really? I was, when, <laughs> like, okay, so when I was little, my ears were big. Like I've grown into them. But, like if I wear a hat, basically like a guy called me elf ears when I was younger, I kind of feel like, for example, my ears could be pinned back a little. Now, I would have never noticed that in a million years. Thank you. But there's a side of me that I remember being like, oh, my ears, they're so like elfy or weird. And, and yeah, people have called me names and stuff. And I remember thinking, but the guy who's meant to be with me is going to love my ears. And there was something special. Like for some reason, I told that to myself. Yeah. Or like even my body type. Like I have a unique body type and I'm like the guy who loves me is going to be like, I've never seen a body type like that. And I'm obsessed with it. So that's how I've trained my brain. And also, I also don't put all my value on my physical looks. Yeah. I feel like physical looks, they fade. And they're also like, like when you know someone, like you just start feeling their energy. You're not like, oh, it's that nose. I don't like her. Like, that's not how it is. Yeah, at all. So I've been a big proponent of like, before you get plastic surgery, understand like the why. Because I understand there are some situations where you get like heavy bullying or, but then there's some situations where it's like, you're just trying to look like that girl on Instagram or yourself with a filter when it's like, 
that's not going to make you love yourself more. And if anything, will make you feel less in tune with, with who yourself. you really are. Yeah. I've seen like girls like working out at the gym and I'm like, that's a pretty girl, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't pick her out of a lineup because like she looks like 10 other or girls. Or sometimes I just see the plastic surgery. I don't see them. Right. I, for people listening, it's really how you carry yourself. And then also for people, people argue like, okay, Hannah and Sarah, you guys both have like typical, like pretty features on your face. Thank you. If you think that. <laughs> but I also thank think- you. Thank you. You can actually write that if you want to like send us a DM. It's totally fine. <laughs> but I just think like there's things that make you you and some of like the people I think are most beautiful are the people who have unique features that they carry with confidence. Yes. hundred percent. And, and literally every single person also has features. Like I don't care how pretty you are or how mm-hmm. beautiful you are. Every person has like things that they're insecure about. Like yeah. I look at my face and I'm like, my fucking nose. <laughs> Oh my God. See, I love your nose. nose. Oh my God. I think your nostrils are so pretty. I love your nostrils. Oh That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said. No, I think because I feel like if you got your nose done, it would just look like, like, okay, she has a made up nose. Yeah. Like I thought about it. Like she's trying, do not touch your nose. I know. Well, I, I always come back to that. Because like, I think nostrils are really cute when they kind of flare out a little. <laughs> I think they're really like, I, but then again, you like Brandon is probably obsessed with your nostrils. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He saw you and he's like, that's the nostrils. He's like, those, no, I'm going to lock those nostrils down. I want my kids to have those nostrils. That's definitely what he was thinking. Oh my God. But also, you look at your face so much, like you can't even tell anymore. It's like a comedy joke. If you read the joke enough times, you don't think it's funny. Yeah. That's how you are with your face. <laughs> and I really think it's like, just leave your fucking face alone. <laughs> I mean, you can do some Botox, maybe a little filler, but like, let's just calm it down. Yeah, let's let's calm it down for sure. Yeah. I love how at your show you were saying you had like reverse bo- body, body, body dysmorphia. dysmorphia. <laughs> I think I'm way hotter than I am. I think everybody, like, I, I think everybody should like take the, a page from that. I, it's, it's... I joke that I think I'm like the hottest person ever, but it's more that like, I just don't give a fuck how I look. Yeah, it's confidence too, you I, know? I think growing up as an athlete, which fucked me up in different ways, like my ego was attached to winning and stuff. And I felt like I wasn't good enough if I wasn't winning. Where I think other, maybe girls were just, their value was based on their looks. So if they didn't feel like they looked good enough, and it's because growing up, when you see a little girl, what do you say? You look so pretty. Yeah. So I've been like really trying to, when I see a little girl being like, saying things like, wow, you're so fast. Or like, that was really smart. Or I mean, they'll have other issues with those, but like just not putting all the value on looks for women. It's such a thing. Because it's not a make or break. And I'm telling you with men, like I've, not to brag, but I pull very handsome men in my life because I am vapid. And maybe it makes me feel more secure because I'm like, look at this handsome men. Handsome men don't give a shit. Like they just want someone who's not like intimidated by them and is confident in themselves. Yeah. I kind of love that. Um, it's such a thing too. I feel like, uh, you know, when you're told you're pretty or whatever like that, your whole age or, or your whole early childhood. And as females, like we all are like kind of like, you know, fed a lot of this shit. Yeah. What happened when you... T- did you have like a... I know you turned 30 this yeah. year. Did it, you have any shit come up? Because when I turned 30, like I had like all kinds of like all of this like existential crisis come People up. People don't talk about turning 30 enough. <laughs> but I do think with the whole getting older... If you're obsessed with the fact that you're pretty, getting older scares the shit out of you. I am fortunate in my genetics. Follow Nana Stilgata on Instagram. Your grandma's I have hot. very beautiful older women who have aged very grace- gracefully in my family. So in my head, I'm like, I'm just getting hotter. I'm just getting hotter. But I just real. I think so many people in their 20s put a lot of emphasis 
on like timeline and what you want to get done in your life. And I conveniently like 29, I was single on reality TV. Shit was kind of messy. And then by 30, I'm engaged doing like the career that I want. But I was just scared that life moves so fast. Yeah. Isn't it nuts? Because I feel like I was 22 a second ago. Yes. That's what I, I, I like have had a hard time articulating this to people, but I'm like, that's the whole thing behind big kid problems. I'm like, I still feel 25, but I blinked. And now I live in like a house with my husband and our dog. Like, I'm like, whoa, like we are living a very adult life. Yeah. But like, I feel just the same as what I did. Well, it also makes you realize that these adults, when you're growing up, like don't know what the fuck's going on. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. You think they all know what's going on. And then you never get there and you're like, what the fuck? But I do think also with people and timelines, like it takes one day. It takes one decision. It takes like one opportunity and like your whole course correction can change. Mine was a little scary because at 30... I ended up leaving Summer House, leaving my... I had I was on two TV shows. Yeah. And I was off them both in a month. That's and it so was nuts. kind of scary financially. It was scary for my ego. But I, I've been talking to some spiritual people and they were like, oh, you went through your ego death. Have you heard of an ego death? No, please tell me. <laughs> oh my God. So I do... I do definitely have an ego and I do think beyond reality TV, people treat you like the Beatles when, um, I'm going to be honest, we don't do shit. We just like, be, we're just messy, whatever. And people feel attached to you because you've opened them up kind of to your life. So you're feeling confident about yourself. People are loving you based on like, not like any real skills, just like vulnerability to an extent. Yeah. And I was feeling very confident and I was feeling like a cool girl. Mm. And I'm going to be honest, not that I wasn't the cool girl growing up, but I was always kind of on the outside. Like, like I had great friends, but I was the tennis player. Like I always had my own thing going on. I was pretty independent and I was never considered like the cool girl. Like I wasn't the one going to parties and do the drugs. I wasn't like, I, I wasn't in that clique. And deep down, I feel like everyone's like, what would it be like if you were the coolest? And after my second season, like people were treating me like I was cool. And I remember being on podcasts being like, I'm not the cool girl. I don't want to be the cool girl. I'm a comic. The comics are like the people who make fun of the cool people. Like, I don't want to be this. And then the universe was like, yeah, you don't fit into this. And my ego death was basically being like, you're going to get shamed on reality TV. You're going to have a whole friend group kick you out and publicly like harass you in every sense of the word. And then financially, it's going to hurt. and you're basically going to be thrown like on the street alone and you're going to have to build yourself up again. So an ego death is something that... Is there an easier way to go through an ego death? Like, who do I talk to? Please. (laughs) Well, I think ego deaths happen when you... Fuck, I don't know. I feel like people need to research this, but it's like ego deaths happen when your life is too ego-oriented. Mm-hmm. And like, it was like the fame and the money and the social media. But it's hard not to. I mean, think about like anyone taking their normal life and then having it like changed like that. Like I can't imagine anyone... But I think some people are better at just like sticking with their ego. But I think I I have this like, I hate fake shit and I hate inauthenticity. I felt like I wasn't being fully authentic to myself, I guess. And my real self started to come out. And then that's when the ego death happened. And now I'm 30 and kind of starting. I mean, I've been doing comedy for a while, but I'm now like fully committing to this stand-up career. 
and seeing where it's going to take me. But for a second, I was like, I'm set. I'm on two TV shows. I have a fiance. Let's go. And then the world was like, "Mm -mm -mm." (sighs) so I've been going through a lot. Yeah. And it's at times has been scary because you, you, you played by all the rules and it still didn't work. And in my sports brain, I'm like, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. But you have to real. You, I've also realized how things aren't fair, and just being a good person doesn't. And being a good person is a very complicated thing. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you probably like podcasts, right? I mean, I freaking love podcasts. There is rarely a time I'm driving or walking and not listening to podcasts. But sometimes you need a little escape. Sometimes it's really good to change things up. And that's why I got to tell you about Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios. So you feel like you're right there. You can listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush or that forbidden coworker you always had a little thing for, or maybe a little role play fantasy you would never normally speak of. I mean, these stories are fun to listen to and talk about changing up your energy. I mean, my favorite life hack has become listening to a Dipsy story after a long, stressful day. I mean, it changes my whole mood real quick, especially if you're getting ready for like a date night. Ooh, Trust me, listen to one of these short stories beforehand and see if you even make it out the door. Dipsy releases new content every week. There's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. For listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash bigkid. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash bigkid. It's free. Why not give it a whirl? That's dipsystories.com slash bigkid. What do you think you've like learned the most through this whole thing? What I learned the most is probably not to take other people's issues that they have with themselves and project onto you too personally and don't get that um, like, don't, it's like, don't fight the man. Um, No, because you want to fight the man, but it's like, don't, let um, an issue between you and someone like go too far. Because I I put my foot down. I'm like, I'm not getting treated this way. And ultimately, like, it didn't work out for me. And sometimes as a woman, if you try to stand up against the boss, it's not going to work. But I tried. But for also, that's probably for good reason because I didn't want to be a follower. I didn't want to just like sit in the situation that I was. Yeah. But I feel like... That is, that is actually it's kind hard. of it's kind of a thing though that I don't think enough people talk about because like people talk about like standing up for yourself in such like a romanticized way. Yeah, it's you can lose everything when you stand up for yourself. It's kind of crazy. Maybe, or maybe it's just like taking away like there's there's smart ways to do this or like it doesn't have to be I don't know like I think I finally experienced anger and like anger is just not a healthy emotion. Not that women can't be angry. I think they should, but it's like find a way to not have like deep, deep, deep animosity 
yeah. with things. And it's because, I mean, personal things were being said to me and I was taking them personal. But I wish at the time I saw the bigger picture where it's like, this isn't a, like necessarily about you. Mm. And I also think don't trust people. As much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so sad. But like, I'm such a puppy dog. Like, if I feel like you care about me and like me, I've taken time with me. I just like really trust people. Um, <laughs> this is so sad. sad. This is so sad. <laughs> I'm like going to adopt you as my oh like... My God. <laughs> I'm like, can't trust anymore. Um, <laughs> also knowing that everything is temporary and the same people who hate you one day love you the next day. That's such a thing. That is such a thing. And I honestly think too, it's still pretty fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it, this is good. Uh, as more time goes on yeah. and you can connect the dots backwards and that you can never yes, see them forward. Yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like you'll start to be like, oh my God, like this, all the reasons why this happened like make so much sense. And already, I mean, like you can see that things have aligned in a really nice way. Well, where, after like, everything went down, I could have just been depressed. Yeah. Some of my friends were like, you should have just taken a vacation and like hit out for like three months in the Maldives or something. How do you pronounce it? Maldives? I think, I think Maldives. No, whatever. That, that sounds right to me. It sounded fun. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get canceled for pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> but like, I just immediately went to work because I was like, I'm not going to listen to like all these people that are really trying to tell me that I need to die. Like, I just was like, oh, this was a reality show. And reality TV, let's be honest, is not was not your end goal ever. Yeah. And it's not, I, it was never something I really wanted to do. It was something I fell into and I was proud of myself for trying it. And it's like, let's get back to like the right course. Yeah. And I think that it actually like did a lot of good for you too. Like yeah. on that show, like believe it or not, you know, like... Yes, it, for sure. Like yeah. I'm very thankful for the positives out of it. And I do think that it happened also because I met this guy. We had this real relationship. And I don't think filming a season on reality TV with someone who's sober and has his own like comedy career that you're trying to establish as well is healthy on reality TV, especially when other people aren't necessarily rooting for you. Yeah. How was it like I like what was Dez's experience through this? Was he like, what the fuck? Well, it was funny because he went on and like he's so good on camera and he was so funny and he was making everyone laugh. And one day, like they told us, like people went out to the boat and we got to stay back and have like a fun time. And he was so nice to everyone. And then like when he left, the story was like he didn't hang out with people enough. And I'm like, why are you coming for him? Like he was so polite and I saw all of you. And then like, yeah, we never had sex in the bathroom. That's the tea. <laughs> they knew it. It was never a thing. We like joked about going in different rooms because we were having fun. And it was, it's, it was just like an overall fun experience of two people who were falling in love. And I joke because the previous season, I was like just trying to hook up with this like hot guy. And America was like, yeah. And then I like, literally find the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> literally falling in love with the love of my life. And America's like, no. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, what does that say about things? It's, yeah. I mean, it is. It, it, I don't know. I mean, it's hard because I feel like probably America didn't see like the whole genesis of your relationships. They're no. like, oh, here comes this guy. Like, we yeah. don't know him. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I am curious though about like the beginning of your relationship. Yeah. And like, did you know immediately that it was different than anybody else that you had dated or were you still kind of like feeling it out? Oh my God, I love these questions. Okay, so at the time I was single and a certain guy on the reality TV show 
was like calling me three times a day. Like I was just kind of his like pulse. Like I was his like emotional like support system. Like just like pouring his shit onto me all the time. But I liked the tension. I like feeling wanted. But like our relationship was so weird. My thing was just like, I was upset in the beginning of the season when I realized like, oh, you're trying to make me look bad. Like you're trying to fuck with me. And like we we like had this trust of this like, intense emotional relationship that I knew wasn't going anywhere, but you're still going to feel hurt. Yeah. And I also was warned by everyone. And then when it happened, they twisted it to like, I was being crazy, which is another problem. But anyway, I also was FaceTiming this like football player who just kept like partying in Miami. And I just was like lonely. I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. And the Des story is that five years ago when I was in marketing, I went to the Comedy Cellar, which is like the it spot for comedy. That is the downtown. it spot. Yeah. And he was performing. And I was like, this guy is so cute. But he was just talking about how he lives in Ireland. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll never marry that comic. Fast forward five years later, I told, I've dated comics before. I'm like, I'm never dating a comic again. <laughs> and he added me on Instagram, but I thought it was like, oh, maybe he'll want me on his podcast sometimes. We never talked. And then I went out to dinner. No, out to lunch. I was never going outside, but Luanne de Lesseps reached out to me. She's like, darling, I'm in Shelter Island. Do you want to get a, a socially distanced lunch? And I was like, I have to. You don't say no to Luanne. No. <laughs> the queen. So we took a photo and I tagged Shelter Island and I get a DM from him. And he's like, are you out east? And at the time, we'd both been out since March and it was July. Oh, wow. And I'm about to film July 28th. So it was like, it was July 11th. And he, he was like, hey, are you out of East? And I said, yes. And he goes, do you want to get coffee in Sack Harbor? And I go, sure, here's my digits. That's literally the extent of the conversation. <laughs> and then we go on this date. But the joke was that I was like frustrated because my dad had like a, a tea time for golf like 40 minutes earlier. And I'm like, dad, you knew about this date all week. And he dropped me off early. And I love that you got dropped off by your dad. That's incredible. As you know, I can't drive. And I was, <laughs> I remember like my dad and I didn't fight all quarantine, but I was annoyed. I love how I started this off, but like my dad and I are great. I was fucking annoyed by him because I was like, I want to find love. And I was just watching you and mom flirt the whole time. <laughs> this might be my only chance. So I like rushed, like half my hair was curled. I shouldn't have worn pants. It was 90 degrees. I'm sitting, waiting for Des to pick me up in the 90 degree heat, just uh, fuming. And I'm like, okay, we have to get back to like Perfect Hannah, who's like cool girl Perfect Hannah on her first date. We're to get in the car. And for some reason, I felt free to just like be myself. And I was like, my dad is so fucking annoying. He had a tea time and he dropped me off early. And Des goes, at least your parents are alive. <laughs> and we just start crying, laughing. Like it's a dark, sad joke. But like <gasps> immediately we knew we had the same weird sense of humor. Yeah. And then we sat down. And we're like talking, he like loved tennis and he didn't even know about Summer House. And it That's was the best. <laughs> yeah. And then he got recognized because by some Irish person, I remember being like, oh, I thought I was going to recognize inside Carpet, but I did him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he has his own shit going on. And he was confident. And I remember, but I didn't kiss him because I was scared of COVID. <laughs> and I didn't know if I'd be like really, really romantically into him because I've actually never dated a guy who's 45. Yeah, so my good, head, what's your age gap? 15 years. 15 years. So I was 29. Also, the guy I dated was like 35. So I was like, I don't know, maybe it would be weird. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm always scared before a first kiss. I'm like, ah. And then the next day he took me golfing and he has a house on the beach, which is important to the storyline that was not added. 
<laughs> and I got back. I was like, I want to see your house. I got back. Had sex because he has a beach house. And as, as one does. As one does. <laughs> and I immediately, afterward, I remember being like, I don't normally. And he was like, shut up. Like, no one cares. No one cares. Like, I'm so into you. And he was really outward of like, you're the kind of person I want to be with. And I am so emotionally unavailable, I realized. Like, there's a reason I was dating the guys I was dating. Mm-hmm. People are like, why would you date a guy who wouldn't have sex who would just call you all the time? It's like, yeah, because I don't have to give him anything. I don't have to be open because he's so like closed anyway. Yeah. And he helped me be vulnerable and open. And he just was really confident in himself. And then he was kind of my rock during Summer House that they didn't show. Like from the beginning, everyone knew I was talking to him. Yeah. And I talked to him every night for like five hours. I also was running on no sleep because I would film till like midnight. I love that your relationship was basically like a virtual relationship for a long time. Yeah, like we basically were long distance. I also think that's why it got really steamy too because like we had like three or four dates and then I was gone. Yeah. So we had this like taste and then he was like, oh, I can't be with her. And we he literally couldn't be with me. It was, he couldn't visit. He wasn't allowed. Yeah. So every night he'd go to sleep at nine because he's old. He put his <laughs> alarm on and I'd call him when I'm done filming, like 11 or 12. So he'd wake up to talk to me. Aww. I was normally upset about something. He would calm me down. Then we would have phone sex and then we would just like get to know each other the rest of the night. So it was like a four hour podcast, basically what we were doing. <laughs> and Paige would be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm getting to know the guy. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, there's so many, there's so many things I want to talk about. Okay. But then a rumor was being spread that like he was always my boyfriend. Like they were like Carl and Luke were like trying to push that and that like, and I was like, I literally didn't know the guy, but I knew that I didn't like anyone else. Yeah. And I wanted to get to know him. I feel like it's probably a, almost a a different way of, of getting a closeness with somebody because like you're not, you you can't have that intimacy when you're apart, but mm-hmm. you like can get really deep. You're like talking to somebody for five hours. Yeah. Like you you kind of get to know them on such like, yeah. a different level. You know what's interesting what you said? And I have now seen this thread and every single one of my girlfriends who like finally meets their husband. So, because I, I have a bunch of girlfriends who like, my like core group of friends, like we were single all through our 20s. Mm-hmm. Well, not me because I met Brandon at 25. But mm-hmm. I watched everybody else and like my friends were single under their 30s for a long time. And just like this last year, my last friend like finally met her husband. And the common thread here is, is that the guy that they meet is immediately so into them. Like the guy is the one that's... And they're so... It's catches them off guard. They're like so used to like chasing these dudes or like, does he like me? Is he going to ask me on a second date? And like, no. Like the second you meet like the guy that they've all now like are getting married to, the guy is like 100% in, like no games, like I'm into you. Sarah, that's amazing. I did just see this TikTok where this girl was like, I'm doing this new thing that if the guy is giving me mixed signals at all, instead of trying to manipulate him and trick him into like figuring out that I'm the one, I just get unattracted to him and move on. <laughs> and so smart. I am, I am known to be that girl who like, if a guy gives me like any mixed signals, I'm like, he's not the one. Because in my head, I'm like, I will know immediately. But with my relationship with like the guy on Summer House, it was weird because he'd call me all the time. So he was like, I felt like he was just like so... I'd rather quality time than like... Like if you were just fucking me, then I'm like, okay. But if you're calling me all the time, I feel like fulfilled in a way. Yeah. But Des was the first guy that I was scared and he wasn't. And I don't mean to act like I was being a fuck boy, but I just remember being like, look, like 
I just don't trust people right now. And I'm like in a really emotional place. And he was so hyper-focused and knew exactly what he wanted. Hot. That's so hot. It, he literally like three weeks in was like, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> and I remember being like, they just make you feel really safe. And then you yes. can be yourself. Because yes. I was so I was so afraid that he was just doing this like kind of love bombing thing. And then it was going to be weird. Because that is hard too. Like when I do think the love bombing you have to watch out for, which is when guys very early on are telling you like ridiculous things like, oh, my family's going to love you or like, I can't wait to go on this trip with you. Yeah. But if a guy authentically just wants to spend tons of time with you, that's where I feel the connection. Yeah. Um, but you're so right. He was gung-ho in the beginning. And then I just kind of had to take my time to be like, okay, I need to protect myself. And I was slowly checking boxes off the list. And then we survived a lot of hard times together. Yeah, that'll that'll like speed up a relationship quick. I feel like once you go through some shit together. Yeah. It also shows you a lot about like your potential life together. Yeah. It's funny because we went through so much horrible stuff with Summer House that now like... Early on in your relationship too. Very early on. So like little things will happen and we will just laugh because we've like been through the worst. (laughs) (laughs) And I also don't, we never take each other for granted because we started off like long distance, I think. So every now and then I just am like, okay, I'm happy that like he's next to me right now. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. But it is funny. That is a pattern that I've sensed too. Like, because it just, people say it should be easy. I don't think relationships necessarily are ever easy, but it should be easy in that you know they're into you. Yeah. And like very much so. Was and, it like that with Brandon? Oh, yeah. Like I remember I've now... Well, I've seen this twice now where it was literally like he locked, like saw me for the first time and he like... His face like lit up. Like he was like looking at me like I was the only girl in the world. Oh. But I was like... I was 25. It was my birthday. I'm <gasps> like, ah, nice to meet you. <laughs> like, I'm going to go drink over there with my 14 girlfriends. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't like... You're like, this super is my night. This is me. Yeah. But I was like, I'll never forget like his... The way he like looked at me. I was mm-hmm. like, whoa... But also it was a little like alarming in the beginning because we first started dating and I could sense that he was so into me immediately. And I was like, you don't know me that well. And I was, I even on like our second date, I was like, look, I think like you like me based off of a perception of like what you're seeing outwardly. Yeah, because it's like insane how how early he could be so into it. Yeah, and I'm like, I and I, I just want you to know, like I'm not like, the way I look outside is not reflective of what's going on inside. Like mm-hmm. not as like sweet and wholesome as like you might think so. And he's mm-hmm. like, I think you're very sweet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he's, no, he said something like, I think you're sweeter than you think you are. And I was like, okay. But it is funny. I mean, I've dated other guys that like, I remember this one guy and I think this is where girls get tripped up too. Cause not, it can be hard to like actually like have a connection with a dude. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I would go out all the time and like meet a bunch of guys, but I was never like into them. And I remember mm-hmm. I met this one guy that I was like, ooh, butterflies. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. But he always kind of had like one foot yep. out the door and like wasn't really like, you know, I would text him cause I hadn't heard from him in a couple of days. And you think cause he's not crazy into it that that's the guy you want because he's like better than you. Yeah. Like I was almost like, oh, what is he doing? Oh, what do I need to do to like impress him? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have a hot, like a funny text. Like mm-hmm. I was doing all of this shit. Oh, it's, oh my God. I don't miss those days I when you're trying to be like witty and funny and cool all the time. That's why it's I can never exhausting. date multiple people. I'm like, I can't be that cool all the time. But I would get fucked up because I'm a good talker. So like I will be like getting the guy laughing. And then after the date, I'm like, was it a good date or was I just good on that date? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, I killed it. But 
this is like pretty intimate details. But after Des proposed to me, I cried to my mom because I was like, this is the thing that I've worked the least at (laughs) in my life. Like most things that I've gotten in my life, I had to work so fucking hard to earn it. And with him, I never worked like to win it. I just was me. And like a lot of things went wrong in that journey. Yeah. So it's like, that's what they mean when like, it should be easy. Like you shouldn't have to feel like you're forcing. Yes. But then once you're in the relationship, there's a lot of things to work on because life isn't perfect. And like, it's not just fairy a fairy tale. Cause like when we got together, like my life started imploding. <laughs> so like, obviously the relationship wasn't a fairy tale. Cause like he had to deal with that shit. Yeah. But that's just what your partner is meant to do is like be your partner through the ups and downs of like what life is. Yeah. That's like the shit that's like made, I think my relationship stronger is like when we, you know, we dated for a really long time and it's those like really, when one of us has like shit hit the fan or like Mm -hmm. something really bad happened and the other person shows up for you. Like that is what tells you like, okay, this is like a person that I want to spend life with. Was anyone in your life, because you guys did get engaged really early on. Was anyone like, be careful, move to, you're moving too fast. Or was everyone who like knew you closely? Like, this is amazing. It's crazy because the reaction of like TV and the cast members was completely different than like everyone in my life. Who like knew you guys. Everyone in in our lives were like, wow, like Hannah's so herself with him. I've never seen Hannah like this with a guy. We love him. He's like a full-on adult. Like I got such positivity from the people around me. And also my mom and dad got engaged in five months. So they got it. They were so in on it. And even like Paige was like, she saw every night I'm talking Sky for five hours. And so like she knew, but then this guy walks in and like everyone's calling him old. And like, it was so negative. And it was kind of thing where you just have to be like, okay, these people clearly don't want anything good to happen to you in your life. And you just have to not care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's just so funny because just I've seen this now, I, I, just two different ways of relationships going down. Like like my relationship, eight eight years. Yeah. Like we, were, we didn't get engaged for six years. And then yeah. I have had other friends that get engaged within six months. And it's just like... It's crazy. It's crazy. Everyone has different timing. And it's, it was him that like wanted to do it. And even now, I'm like, we didn't have to get engaged. Like we could have just dated longer. But there was just something about the timing that like... I don't know. We wanted to lock that shit down. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. You're like, all right. Okay, fine. fine. Well, at first I was joking. I was like, I hate all the traditions. I want like a little pearl. I want like a tiny little diamond or something. And then... I'm looking at your ring right now. Like, <laughs> then I did some research and I'm like, I want Emrata two diamonds. And he's like, you're <laughs> fucking crazy. And I'm like, if we're going to go, go hard, you know? <laughs> but I joke in my stand-up how like it's annoying that Des doesn't have to wear a ring and I do. So hopefully that evolves over time. A man engagement ring. A man engagement. <laughs> yeah. I heard about that. I really wanted to get Brandon one. He was not happy. Yeah, Brandon's walking around like he's like I walk down the street and see guys look at my ring. Yeah. It's oh like, yeah. You see them like you see the moment that they're like, huh? Uh, yeah. Like, and that's what happened like, with Des. Their whole personality dims toward you, yeah. and you're like, okay. And it's not like a trust thing. It's more like I want you to experience life like how I'm experiencing it as like you are a taken man. Yeah. And get used to that shit. But it's old school to be like, I've I've gotten your daughter to safety with me. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a whole thing. Has he ever been engaged or anything in the past? Or is this your he first? He actually was engaged, but he's never been married. Like 45 is a long time. And he lived a pretty crazy life of just like touring nonstop around Europe. 
So like he didn't have that life that was like conducive to settling down. Yeah. And then I think something about the pandemic, like he like, you stop and you reflect on your life. And he was like in West Hampton. And I think the pandemic was a huge reason why he was ready. Mm. And he almost saw like, oh, there's something nice to like slowing down for a second. Yeah. But then it's funny because now we're together and we're like traveling all the time. But at least like, I feel like I have a partner in crime kind of. Yeah. Brandon was engaged too in his past life. Wow. I know. When you date an older dude. That's what happened. Also, if he wasn't engaged, I'm like, what are you fucking doing? You know? Like, you want to know that, like, he's had long relationships and that made me happy because I don't want to be with a guy who's 45 who, like, hasn't been through or, like, you want him to be a little pre-trained by his exes. You want him (laughs) to, like, be hurt or, like, have experienced real intense, intimate emotions. And at least know, like, what he wants and what he doesn't want. And that's one thing Des knows. Like, he knew exactly what he wants and what he doesn't want. And I almost had to trust him a little in the beginning that, like, he knew something I didn't know. Not that I wasn't into him, but I was so scared to be like, oh, is this it? Yeah. Like, are you sure? (laughs) Like, we don't have to test more things. It's ultimately someone that, like, you can feel like yourself around, they let you shine. Yeah. And I had a lot of difficulty in the beginning of like me as a competitive person who like wants people to like me, easily changing my personality for people or being like very, letting them walk all over me. And this wasn't the case. And this was not the case. Or I'd be in a situation after being in like a more narcissistic relationship, you flip to the next side where you have all the control just for safety. And that's not comfortable either. So I remember just complaining, like, I need that in between where like, I'm still a little, you know, excited, but I also feel super secure because I was always on the extremes. So funny. That's what you were like, that's what I need. And then that's what you got. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the universe handed over. Yeah. Wait, so what's going on now with the wedding Oh my God, good question. I'm I'm so mad. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, I should have brought this up 45 minutes ago. So we could have talked about wedding. (laughs) And then we like haven't touched it. But I'm so excited to see you. When was your wedding date? June 12th. Amazing. My second wedding date. Your second wedding date. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we, our first wedding date is May 2022. 20. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Good. Like numerology wise, that's a great date. Ooh, tell me why. Um, Just 22. There's like, I don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. I just like have read before, like 22s are great. 20, anything with an eight in it is good. I heard that twos are good, like for partnerships and stuff. Yeah. Also, it's Friday the 13th. Oh, which puts a spin on it. It was more affordable. <laughs> also, in Italian culture, 13 is like considered lucky. And Des at first was like, are you sure? And I'm like, if we're going to get divorced, it's not going to be because of the number 13. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be in West Hampton. Beautiful. And I do have a wedding planner, which I'm excited about. As in like, I'm creative, but it's like, for example, I'm good at, let's say, makeup, but like I don't understand home decor. Yeah. Where like I don't, I know the vision I want for the wedding. I'm going for like a Brooklyn on the beach vibe. Oh, interesting. So it's like I want it on the beach, but I don't want it corny Hamptons, like navy and white or like seashells. I want it like more like maybe like green glasses and like, and like straw and like greenery, like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Cause I, it's, yeah, so I want it like on corny beach. Do you have like your Pinterest board just blowing up I have, right now? I have my Pinterest board. It's so funny. I have like all the inspo. I have a dress. You already have a dress? Oh, well, actually I say that, but no, if your wedding's in May, yeah, of course you have a dress. So the funny story about my dress is like, before you get married, 
you don't know how you look in wedding dresses. No. And like, the, oh, sorry, the shape of wedding dresses is so different. Like I know exactly, like I need a high waist jean and like the kind of top that looks good on me. Yeah. I don't know wedding shape. So I was like, took my mom and my Nana, as one does, and we go to a strip mall in the middle of Long Island. Amazing. And we go in and I pick a bunch of shapes. First dress I try on, I go, this is it. No way. I think I'm very bad at shopping. I think subconsciously, I was like, I don't want to do this for 10 months. <gasps> but also, they were like, okay, try on some other dresses. And I tried on some different styles. And we were like, it's the first one. So <sighs> the first dress I tried on, I only went shopping once, which now I kind of regret because it actually is fun. Like it's I went with so some of my fun. friends and it's so fun. Even though it's exhausting, like getting it on and getting it off. But it's so fun. But like, I just went once first dress and we're done. So that's wild. Yeah. My sister-in-law was like that. Really? First dress she tried on. I'm like, I literally went to 10 stores across three states. <laughs> <gasps> well, the, there's also the like next best thing type of mentality yeah. where you're like, okay, is there another one that I'll like? Is there another one that I'll like? But I kind of was like, I like this one. Let's go with... I'm very into like fate. Like the person doing my hair is a guy who was at my New Jersey show. This hilarious gay dude who was just like, ah, like yelling in the crowd at me and we we're having the best banter. And afterwards he was like, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I do hair. And I love the curls he had. And I was like, done. He's doing my hair for the wedding. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'll just make like random impulsive decisions like that because I just believe in like fate and like, this is how it should be. Oh my God. Do you have like shit booked? Like, are you good to go? Or are Not you still fully. Kinda, yeah. We're still like figuring out like we're going to do a DJ situation. We also want it to be pretty non-traditional. Like I'm not doing bridal party. Okay, cool. That's like the new thing. No bridal party. I, I feel like a lot of people are doing that. And it's it's going to be nice. I'm also the kind of person that has a lot of close friends from like different times in my life that I have like... Diff- like I've... I kind of have a very broad friend, friend group. I'm not that person who grew up with like the same six girls from pre-K. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I'm like, they're all so special to me, but in different ways. And I I hate the drama of like picking the rides. I'm like, I don't want to get involved in that I was going to say, you're saving yourself a lot of drama. Oh my God. I need to just like, <laughs> I'm I'm in like a drama rehab facility right now, trying to get, get away from it. And then I think we might do like the virtual Evites. Yeah. I'm team Evite. I think we're going to do Evites. I'm like, I'm saving the, the environment. Yeah. And then we're going to just like cut out some, some like traditional parts of the wedding. We just want it to be a fun party. We're very into the speeches. You are into we the speeches. We want fun speeches. Oh, I guess I you guys like are, yeah. We're going to have like a lot of comics there that'll have great speeches. Also, he's Irish and the Irish culture storytelling is really big. Mm. So I feel like as long as people can ruin or make a wedding with speeches. Yes. So they I can. feel like, do you have any, do you have any advice from what happened in your wedding of like, <laughs> not to call out people, um, <laughs> of like things that could have gone smoother or you wish you didn't do or did do? My only thing is, um, is like, are you going to, do you know who your officiant is? Yes. Are you going to do like funny officiant? I He's pretty good. I think he's going to be like Funny, but not too funny. Okay. Because like, that's like the only thing is like, maybe you want to like check on that. Because speeches are different than like your actual ceremony. Like my ceremony, we picked our funniest friend. He was hilarious. He had people crying, like laughing. But it was a little too far. Yeah. (laughs) I feel, I just feel bad for like my parents. Like that could have saved for the speech. Yes. We have a a family friend who's this like judge who... um has done a bunch of like our friends and he grew up with me. Like, he's known me since I was little and he's a really good public speaker. But it's funny how the officiant really does create the vibe for the wedding. Yeah. And ceremony and... Because they're kind of the main character of it. So they could like 
make it or break it <laughs> yeah. and they create the energy. Because sometimes you're like, okay, we get it. Like you're having a moment, but we want to... F- I also think like we'll do vows, but I don't want it to be too long of like the efficient talking where, you know, when you're just not listening to it, you're like, the two of us, we love each other. Like, yeah. So I want it to be entertaining. And then I want people to be drinking early on. Like I don't want them to wait <laughs> for the cocktail hour. Like let the drinks be flowing. Yeah. We realize also there's some people you want to invite who like you might not be that close to, but you know they'll crush your wedding. Yes. And the people make the wedding. For sure. So we're currently making those decisions of like people that, yeah, I might not talk to every day, but I like love them and I know they'll be great at the party. <laughs> we definitely had a couple of those. Yeah. Where I'm like, I haven't, we haven't seen you in five years, no, but yeah. like bring it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's also so weird. If I had this wedding five years ago, I had so many different people in my life. And even you guys were saying like, see if you're, you would talk to them in five years. But I'm like, I can't guarantee any of that. I just know that at this moment, yeah, like there'll be good energy. Yeah, it's like a snapshot of your life in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the bridesmaid stuff can be really weird. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. You're definitely, you might be dodging a bullet. Um, <laughs> Hannah, I've kept you over time. I could literally... We knew this would happen. We're going to get off this podcast and we're going to continue talking about <laughs> weddings for three more hours. But I want to know like, what is next for you? Like, like career-wise, like what's going on? So I'm very in... I hate like five-year plans or thinking too specifically about dreams. I think it's limiting and I think manifestation works better when you're more general. I'm first like trying to work myself out of like kind of a depression I was in, trying to like love myself again, like <laughs> like work out more if we're being completely honest. And then <laughs> you're like, oh, I just want to hold you. Like, I know, like, okay. I'm like, really I want to gain trust in people again <laughs> yeah. and the world and the media. Um, then after that, my stand-up is bringing me so much joy because I can be creative and I'm like bringing joy to people. It's just a very good energy. So I'm like, for myself on that, hopefully I'll have a special, but I don't want to rush it. Like just because, you know, things are popular. I put up a special. I want to be really proud of it and make sure it's like the best I can put out. Because sometimes you kind of can get a deal and rush and then it's not like your best work. So yeah. I'm really working on eventually putting out a special. Uh, I can so see that for you. And then people are like, oh, do a book. And I'm like, my story's so not, not that when you put out a book, your story's over, but like, I'm like, things need to happen because right now it's ending kind of upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the middle part of the book. Like we need to see how... I think Giggle Squad's going to be touring and Giggle Squad's going to grow. Oh, that's fun. I feel very fortunate that Paige and I survived like some reality TV chaos and have still stayed really, really close. And then I kind of want to, do some comedy acting. I think getting out of reality TV early on could potentially give me the opportunity to like get into more acting and stuff. Cause I, I started with comedy videos. Yeah. So hopefully I just get back to more creative projects and then maybe some new work in TV that I'm, I've done hosting gigs. So maybe there'll be more stuff in there. That's um, awesome. You never know. I can see that for you for sure. Yeah. I'm keeping my options open and I'm not like obsessing over one thing. I just want to kind of see where this course is going to take me. Yeah. We'll get you back for the next course correction. I can't wait. Yeah. This is what you like pop in my life when my life's deteriorating. And I'm like, okay, we're t- it's time, Sarah. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Hannah, love you. And um, where can we find more of you? Go to hannahburn.com to see where I'm headed for my tour. I'm probably going to your city. We're going to like California. We're going to Arizona. We're going to Florida. So check that out. And then follow me everywhere at beingburns. 
And then listen to Burning in Hell and Giggly Squad. Hell yes. And everybody go get tickets for the show. Okay, that is a wrap on our episode (laughs) this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a nice little five-star review for this podcast. Maybe send it to a friend who you think might enjoy the show. Your reviews and you passing along this podcast is what keeps us running. So thank you. If you want more from me, you can follow me on Big Kid Problems on Instagram and on my personal account, which has a new handle all of a sudden, uh, at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. New name, who's this? As always, I want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible. I've linked all of our discount codes and everything else you could ever want from this episode in our show notes. So make sure to check that out. And finally, I want to thank you for tuning in and supporting this show. There's a lot of ways you could be spending your time right now. So I really do appreciate you spending it with me. All right. With that, I hope you have an awesome week and I'll see you next Tuesday.